It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome everyone once again to a new show. This is uh, the RF Sports Radio Show. I'm your host, RF, and tonight we got a huge special plan for you guys, our bowl game special. We're going to talk a lot about the bowl games we were able to go to over the weekend and last week. We're going to be covering the Armed Forces Bowl, the Ticket City Bowl, and also doing some preview for the Cotton Bowl as well, too. So we've got a, a big show planned for you guys. So it's going to be really good. We got interviews with everyone. We got everyone from June Jones. Uh, we've also got Rich Ellison from Army. We've got uh, Tommy Tuber- Tuberville, and of course we also have Pat Fitzgerald, the coach from Northwestern. And as a special gift to everyone tonight, we're going to be doing some interviews from some of our hometown boys right here from Desoto as they get ready for the Cotton Bowl. We have Von Miller on, uh, Cyrus Gray, Garrick Williams, and also Tony Jarrett Eddy on the program as well. So without further ado, let's get some things started. Bring on my co-host real quick. Royce, welcome hey, to Rodney, the program. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I, I wore out from the bowl game this weekend. We went to some fantastic games. I mean, uh, it was uh, really, uh, if you've never been to a bowl game, I suggest that people go because the excitement is there, uh, you know, I haven't been in college in years. I kind of had the college atmosphere, but it's great. If you ever get a chance to go, everybody out there, make sure you go to at least one bowl game in your lifetime. Oh, I agree. I agree. And, of course, I know people are probably wondering why these guys are on Monday night. We announced uh, last week that we're going to expand our schedule to five nights a week, and we had to come on at 930 at night because they had so much to cover with three bowl games. Uh, to talk about it, so much audio that we had that we had to come on tonight. So tomorrow we'll be on again, but we'll be back on at our regular new time at 10 o'clock, which we'll get to talk a lot about the Mavs tomorrow and also some NFL talks since the playoffs are getting ready to start next week. So welcome everyone to our first show of the brand-new year, Royce. I know we got a lot of good things planned for the year, too. That's right. I'm I'm ready for 2011. And coming up this week, too, we have an interview tomorrow with Antonio McDice. Uh, we got Greg, Pop- Greg Popovich on the show, uh, some other Mavericks on the show, and, of course, we'll talk NFL playoffs this week as well, too. So let's get into this Armed Forces Bowl, the first bowl game that I've been to and that the show's been to as well. And uh, getting to the media day, I didn't really know a lot about Army. Of course, I've had a chance to watch SMU play a couple of times. Uh, they played TCU this year was the game right. that I saw. But I knew that having June Jones as their coach, they're going to come out trying to throw the ball. Uh, he's done that at Hawaii. That's kind of his MO. And Army is really a running team. They were averaging 260 yards a game. We talked about that last uh, show last week. So, Ross, right. I think we both knew it was going to be one team that wanted to run the ball the one team that wanted to throw the ball. And it was exactly scripted, man. I mean, uh, I think SMU uh, – uh, Army, what, had eight yards stolen the first half, 
Yeah. Uh, 30 for the game in passing. And uh, whereas uh, I think SMU had about 300 yards. So it, it was exact, exactly like it was scripted, you know. It was a very good game, very close game. Uh, you know, Army pulled it out. But, uh, you know, could have went either way. went down that close. And when I got to media day, uh, the first day was a huge uh, story that everyone was kind of talking about, the elephant in the room, was that the story came out last week about June Jones. Uh, and University of Maryland offered him $3.5 million to leave SMU and come coach there. Now, he's making $2 million a year at SMU, which is not anything to sneeze at, don't get me wrong. But $3.5 million is a, yeah, million is a $1.5 million more. That's almost 75% more uh, to go to another school where he decided to stay. And here's some of his comments when he was asked directly about you know, because he mentioned in the press conference he's been contacted by other schools as well. This some of his comments and reaction about the whole coaching jobs and and uh, other other schools coming out to June Jones. Happy one this year. One this year. Mm-hmm. And did you talk to them at all? I did talk. I did. But again, it's the telephone and uh, never with the officials, but the search companies, you know, call. And you see he's talking about basically he did talk to one other school, but never directly with the schools. And I think he can't say that uh, without going through the channels of SMU, but he has talked to search companies by other jobs but decided to stay at SMU. And then some other comments from June Jones and what he expected from his players going into the Armed Forces Bowl game and also talks a little bit about the 30 for 30 special, which was another huge topic. Uh, if you guys haven't seen that, that 30 for 30 special he ESPN is about the pony excess, about players taking a lot of money to come play at SMU, a time when SMU was definitely prominent in the college football scene. But, of course, they found out later that it was a pay-for-play uh, situation at SMU. And so oh, yeah, they, about that. they got the biggest uh, hit from the NCAA I've ever seen. It was a death penalty. And, I mean, it almost everything but wiped out their, uh, football, their football program. Uh, it was a big deal back when it happened. Exactly right. Let's listen to June Jones talk about his players' expectations and also that 30 for 30 special. Well, uh, they know exactly what they're going to be up against. They're going to be full contact, uh, intense uh, uh, energy for 60 minutes. So every time you play a Naval Academy team, it doesn't matter what the score is. It doesn't matter what time of the game it is. Everybody's going full speed to contact, and that's what they're going to do. Jim, what did you think of the 30 for 30, and did you learn anything you didn't know? I did. It was I did learn a lot of, uh, that I didn't know. Uh, I knew a lot of those players. I coached a lot of those guys, the Dave Richards and, and uh, Eric. Uh, uh, so uh, it was kind of uh, educated and education, but at the same time, our players and our recruits kind of came away with the feeling of, wow, they were, you know, uh, that way. I, you know, a lot of those guys weren't even born. And, uh, so it, it was a, it did put a lot of energy back into. Uh, I think it, uh, you know, some of the people that went through it probably didn't feel that way, but the, the people that didn't know anything about it were really amazed at the story. Yeah, you see, he talks about how a lot of people, of course, did not know the story of SMU back then and how good they were, and it has been a benefit to him in some ways. I guess more people recognize SMU now that the, the special has been coming on 12, 13 times. Uh, since it aired. Right. So it, it was a big deal when it happened. Uh, you know, we see a lot of that going on today. It's like it's reoccurring. 
You know, in this day and age with the Reggie Bush and Cam Newton and all the allegations been thrown out by some of these players now to Spencer and these players. So, you know, they did when they gave SMU the death penalty. That killed it for a while. You hear a lot about it now. It seems like it's coming back. So, uh, it was a big story. If you get a chance to watch that on uh, ESPN, that's a great story. You know, I learned a lot of stuff about it, too. I didn't know going on at the time. Yeah. And let's listen to the Army coach, uh, Rich Ellison, which uh, I thought was surprising to find out on media that these guys were teammates at one time uh, on Hawaii. Rich was the center and June was the quarterback, so I thought that was really interesting. And now, years later, they meet and have to face each other in their armed forces bowl. So this is Coach Rich Ellison, uh, and I talked with him one-on-one about what they need to do and also why they run the ball so much. Thank you. Uh, you guys have such a powerful running attack. You're averaging close to 260 yards per game rushing. Is that a philosophical thing as a coach that you like to do to run the ball, or are you just playing to the strength of your team right now? Well, no, that's that's being a triple option football team, that needs to be the way it is. If we're not in the top ten in rushing, we're, we're probably not having a very good year. I don't. It's not our intention that we be eight-dimensional. We'd like to have that balance. I think when we've played our best offense this year, it's, it's when we've had a little bit of balance and we've been able to throw the ball efficiently. We're never going to throw it a lot, but we do need to be efficient. We do need to be a threat to do it. And you mentioned about playing in the Armed Forces Bowl, how fitting it was. You've been from West Point and being an Army team. Do you want to see more of that, more of the military bowls? Or do you well, like it being more competitive with other teams, I guess? Oh, well, I tell you what, just the, the fact that, that uh, we have a chance to be in postseason play. Uh, I, again, um, I, I think it's especially fitting that we're here. Having said that, um, I think being in postseason play just brings uh, brings an awareness you know, uh, you know West Point uh, to young men who are considering West Point. Maybe they'll spend a little more time thinking about that. Maybe they'll spend some time investigating it, and, and, and they may find exactly what it is they're looking for. And in that regard, it's a, it's a, it's a, we're doing a good thing for America. And you mentioned something in the press conference about you having guys dedicated just to recruit here in Texas. Mm-hmm. Do you think Texas is really that hotbed for? Talent? Well, I, you know, there's no question. There's an off, you know, football. There's a, a great high school football being played in Texas. Uh, the other side of it, I think, as I said before, 10% of the core cadets, right. or thereabouts, that's, that's a grab stat, but mm-hmm. not too far off, come from Texas. So mm-hmm. culturally, both both not only is football a big deal, West Point's a big deal. Right. So, um, uh, you know, we're not we're not spending as much time trying to explain to people who and what we are. Yeah. Where in some parts of the country we spend an awful lot of time, which is okay. Where that's part of the mandate, that's we'll do that. Yeah. Uh, but I think we would be, uh, and I think also our just our alumni. Yeah. We have an awful lot of former Army football players and just graduates in general. So uh, we have a lot of help here. We have a lot of people pulling for us here. Thank you. That's Coach Rich, Rich Ellison with uh, Army, talking a little bit about what they know they need to do and and uh, how they're going to be going about running the football. They run that triple option. They run it better than almost any other team really in college sports right now, and they ran that triple option to death during the game. Um, this yeah, is one of their backs, their slot back, uh, Pat Mealy. And I had a chance to speak with him one-on-one. And I didn't know if you knew this, Royce, but Pat Mealy is actually 22nd on the all-time rushing list for Army. Uh, he's gained he over 1,400 yards. And uh, he's had a chance. And Army's had some great backs from Westbrook to all kind of people. So he's had a right. chance to really kind of work with some uh, great teams. And he was a feature back at one time, but now he has to play slot back with them playing a triple option. 
So here's right. uh, Army's Pat Mealy talking exactly about uh, planning the triple option and what he expects of the company on Forces Bowl. Was probably one of the best things that I had, I've had to do, just being able to, I was, you know, being humbled and uh, just having a chance of perspective on the game for me, just how important it is that team aspect is. You know, it's not all about you. And uh, I mean, it's, it's a great accomplishment knowing, you know, things that we've been through along this uh, this journey. So. Now you guys are playing in the Armed Forces Bowl, it's a military bowl, but you're playing uh, SMU that's playing really at home. Yeah. I mean, so what's it going to be like walking into that stadium for your bowl game? I mean, the funny thing about it is that. You know, ever since we came to Texas, we've been welcome. I mean, I feel like we're at home, you know, playing back in Mikey Stadium in New York. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, I feel like it's a home game for us as well, you know. So, you know, especially when you have Fort Hood and Fort Bush down here, I mean, I feel like it's a home game for us. And what do you think about the matchup? I mean, you got a team and SMU that throws the ball, y'all run the ball, so we got to see a high score game. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I guess. I think I think we have one of the greatest defenses, you know, out there. And uh, I just feel like it's, it's going to be one of those games where it's too complete different teams. I mean, it's going to show out there. It's going to be an exciting game. I mean, a lot of big plays and, uh, you know, it's going to be one to, one to be remembered. And Coach Ellison talked about the commitment to come to West Point is more than just playing football. It's about you know, what you have to become when you leave West Point. So right. talk a little bit about what was your, your decision to come to, to West Point and play football. Uh, it's just it's just a, a great future. It's a great opportunity. I mean, just I met a lot of guys on my visit and uh, we all just bonded. You know, that's the kind of guys you want to be around with, guys that you can count on. And uh, uh, you know, we go through our summer training and things like that, and you go through some crazy things, you know, and it makes your bond even tighter. And uh, that's 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 how the Army is, you know, just taking care of your soldiers and, you know, your fellow, uh, you know, peers out there. And it, it's, that's just what makes the Army what it is. And, you know, that's something that, you know, I want to be a part of, that I'm going to be a part of, and uh, just, you know, have a lot of success in it. Now, Russ, now we talked to a lot of players. we got to be, you know, right there with them. Uh, more so than we had before with other college players. We missed some really good kids, though. A lot of kids got oh, their yeah. head on straight. They knew exactly what he wanted to do. And even that guy, to go to Army and play football, they don't recruit football players. They just recruit right. Uh, right. people to go to Army, you know. So right. so talk a little bit about what you saw, some of the poise that some of these young kids are displaying. Well, you know, Ronnie, I was very impressed with the uh, Army guys. Uh, these guys, football is secondary. You know, they're really about country. They're really about uh, the state of the world today. They all are not going to pro football careers after, after football. Most of them have signed up, you know, to uh, serve in the forces. A lot of them told me uh, now they have teammates in Afghanistan that they play with, especially the seniors, and to them that it's, it's a brotherhood more than just a teammate. And a lot of them said that uh, they wanted to go serve alongside with them. A lot of them stated that they signed up to go to the front lines. And, you know, you really have to be proud, and I really was proud of these guys. And these are just kids, Rodney. You know, we, right. we got to see them up close. And, and it, they look just like uh, anybody else's kid, you know, in high school. I just got out of high school. And, you know, and I, I really felt a, 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 a sense of patriotism, you know, just being around those guys. Not only that, Army pulled out all the stops that day. They had every kind of uh, thing that Army had on display, you know, anywhere from uh, tanks to helicopters. <laughs> uh, the crowd was involved. They had all kind of displays. Guys were signing up. You know, uh, is that what you got out of it? Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, they, it was definitely a recruiting theme uh, to the Armed Forces Bowl. They even 
had some people get sworn in during halftime. So it, it was definitely a recruiting thing to the unfortunate bowl. And even even the SMU kids that I met were really, really, they were really, really humble. Um, and right. one in particular I met was Kelvin Beecham. He is a, a redshirt junior. He plays offensive uh, left tackle. And um, I, went, I met with him one-on-one. I was really impressed by this guy. I mean, he spoke so well. He talked a lot about exactly what he wanted to get out of school. And I asked right. him directly. I said, well, you know, how do you feel about – we talked about 30 for 30, but we, I wanted to know how you feel about, you know, the the whole atmosphere of college football at this point. And, and he knew he knew exactly what he wanted to do. He wanted to get just as much out of the school uh, that the school right. was getting out of him. And he talked yeah. about being able to go and get his master's program. He's on the board right now, so he's meeting with other SMU alumni that can really help him further his career off the field. And I thought that was great. I mean, you don't hear too many college players talk about uh-huh. that. So I want to commend right. him on his uh, his resolve and, and knowing exactly what he wants to do when it comes to uh, college football. And this is what I talked to him about. This is a, a few minutes of the interview that we did with him. We did a long interview, about 10 minutes long. This is just the first part of it. And we'll play the, the second part when we get to a couple other topics about uh, college life and sports in general. But this is Kelvin Beecham, left tackle for SMU, and uh, his comments before the game for the Armed Forces Bowl. Uh, Kelvin Beecham, I'm from Mahia, Texas, playing with SMU in the Armed Forces Bowl uh, tomorrow. Let me ask you real quick, this is, is this a home game for you guys or is a bowl game? It's a bowl game. You know, one Blake, it's a bowl game. We, we, before we left the stadium, the last practice we had, you know, the field already painted up black and, you know, armed forces colors around the stadium. So we know it's going to be a bowl game. It's not going to be just a home game where we have our, you know, at the conference championship game with yeah. UCL fans will, you know, have the whole stadium sold out. So it's going to be a bowl game. We know that. We now, what do you expect really, what you guys are to do on defense? This team runs the ball a lot. They, you know, they run the triple option. What, what are you expecting to see out there, and how do you plan to stop? Um, this defense, the defense that we have, we know that they can stop from the, the triple option. We can stop Navy a couple of years when they did that. You know, we held teams in check that run the triple option. Coach Mason has done a marvelous job. Coach Hill and Coach Herring and Coach uh, Coach Odom have done a marvelous job with getting the defense prepared to to, to stop the triple option. You know, and then when you play a team um, like Army that runs the triple option precisely, they're going to get yards. I mean, it's not, you're not going to, you know, stone them every single time at the line. So we understand that. But we know the defense, when they got the nut up, they're going to nut up and yes. take care of business. Well, that's what we're doing. Now, you talked talking a little bit about what you guys are doing on offense mm-hmm. as well, too. And what, what's your game plan going to the game about the matchup you're going to have to go with? Um, like, you know, like I've told a lot of reporters, is they, they present a lot of different matchups, try to um, – Put the defensive linemen and linebackers in different different um, sets and different and try to pose different matchups right. and, and try to cause different confusion against uh, uh, against opposing mm-hmm. offensive lines and um, we as the offensive line and as an offensive unit has to be able to communicate yeah. and understand what they're trying to do when they're trying to do it how they're going to try to do it and just be able to 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 execute like we've been coached to do. Yeah. Now I know you got a lot of family coming up for the game. Yes, man. Yes, yes, so where's where's the section going to be for? I don't know exactly what section, but I know it's in the family section. Okay. I know it's in the family section, and, then, and those that don't, but not in the family section, yeah. be in the standing room. Right. Because I got a lot of people coming. Just you know, they. I mean, you know, SMU is starting to grow. People are starting to understand 
But that's music. Yeah. They love me. They yeah. love me here. Yeah. You know, you, you, never, you never forget where you come right. from. And these folks, they they gonna support their you know they, they kids that are you know that are in school and trying to do something with their lives. Yeah. Now I know you've been asking this question all day, but because of the whole thirty for thirty deal, you guys are more recognizable as a team. A lot of people know SMU that may may have knew about SMU but didn't know all the right. intricacies of what right. happened back then. Right. But talk a little bit about how now how important it is for you and this team you know, right now to kind of bring SMU back to life, but in a different way. Um, one thing Jordan's talked about is being men of integrity. Um, uh, our old coach, Coach Gaines, who passed away a couple years ago, talked about being men of integrity and being men. Mm-hmm. And to be a man, you do what it takes to be a man. You, you do the right things right. all the time. Right. You know, you make mistakes. You own up to those, admit those, and, and take care of business and do what men do. So the 30 for 30, I mean, it, it, it exposed a lot of stuff that has been subdued for a long time and hasn't been talked about. But I guess somebody wants to bring that up. And, 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 and you know, and one thing June has talked about to us is also learning how to deal with adversity. It's just a little adversity. Yeah. You know, this is something, something minute that somebody wants to, you know, I mean, the guys from SMU and Walter Film, so it's not yeah. something we haven't dealt with. So, I mean, just a little adversity. you got to be able to, you know, in the workforce, yeah. everything ain't going to be honk the door. you got to be able to, to, to you know, understand that somebody's put something out there, you just got to handle it and move on. So, I mean, we understand what it brought to the table, but at the, at the same time, we also understand this is a time for us to show the nation what it's really about. We're men of integrity. We're going out there and taking care of business. We're blessed with a, with a, with a great opportunity to, to play in this armed forces boat and do what it takes to, to show the nation that SMU is on a, a team on the right. I thought he spoke very, very well about SMU and his career. Uh, being in college, and we'll play his interview in his in its entirety uh, at a later date because he talked about a lot about college life and and how he has to ride that line between what's right and what's wrong in college football. But a great kid, though, definitely a great kid. Now let's get into the game a little bit, Royce, real fast. Uh, you mentioned before about the first quarter. Army only had eight yards passing in the first quarter, but they did have 73 yards rushing. And SMU, of course, came out throwing the ball. They had 110 yards passing in the first quarter, and only uh, seven yards, um, only seven yards rushing at the time. But Army did what they wanted to do. They got a huge turnover at the beginning of the game, where they actually had a chance to, um, where they actually had a chance to get a, a, a first quarter touchdown, and that was a huge, huge deal for them here. So I thought that was really good. And, Royce, uh, if you remember how the crowd reacted during that play, I mean, that, that had to be – that was a huge play to get that first touchdown right away. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it was really a big deal. One thing about the whole game, Rodney, uh, you know, it, even though SMU jumped out there, uh, Army never gave up these guys. <laughs> I mean, they fought back, they came back. You know, it was a very good game. Uh, and I, and it, like I said, they ran the ball very well. They run the game with this strength, so this and these passing game. So I really got a lot out of it. Uh, very good game. And like you said about the gentleman earlier that spoke about uh, his career in SMU, and, uh, you know, we had more college players that felt that way. We won't be seeing some of the stuff that's going on coming out of the news now, you know. So, right. you know, guys need to put stuff in perspective and, you know, education should come first, you know. Yeah, and yeah, I agree. They're using you, and you should use the school. So, uh, now, it's the they going to halftime uh, down by 16. It was 16-0 right. at halftime. Army was definitely up, and you knew they had to come out and, and do something. And, 
In the third right. quarter, they were actually able to go ahead and get on the board. They did score seven points in the third quarter to make it 16-7 to seven going into the fourth quarter. But when they got to the fourth quarter, they came up short. They had a chance to kick a field goal to win Man. the game and, and miss that field goal. And that field goal miss was huge. Yeah, yeah. God, you know, nobody kicked very good that day. You know, the wind was really high. It's kind of cold that morning. I think it was 20, 30-mile-hour wind. And uh, they were kicking in the wind at that time. And uh, that that was really a costly, you know, that could have changed the nature of the game right there. And uh, once they did lose the game, and actually Army called a great play to seal the deal. They got the ball back, and everyone thought, of course, they were going to run, try to run the clock out, end up throwing uh, a pass, their best pass of the game, and got a first down and surprised everyone. They pretty much sealed the deal from there. And they went on to celebrate. They got the chance to celebrate on SMU's uh, home field. Uh, they got their trophies. Steven Anderson was named the uh, most outstanding player. He was all over the field. He plays middle linebacker for Army. He was all over the field, Royce. I mean, you knew, you know, going into the third quarter that he was going to be uh, the MOP. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Rodney. And uh, what I wanted to play for you guys is I spoke with Kelvin Beecham also right after the game, and this is an interview I did with him live on the field. Kelvin, you guys had a chance to come back there in the second half. Tell us a little bit about what you saw down the field. You guys passed the ball really well but couldn't put the points up in the first half. Uh, we just kept shooting ourselves in the foot. Uh, we knew that coming in. We knew that we were a disciplined team. And we knew if uh, we didn't take care of business like we were supposed to, you know, that type of thing could happen. So talk to me a little bit about your feelings right now. It's a close game. Of course, you guys are playing in front of a, a nice home crowd. Talk a little bit about what you're going through right now emotionally. Uh, it, it hurts, man, uh, especially when you put everything you have into the game. And, uh, you know, you did everything you could. But, I mean, team game, uh, nobody gets to blame. We win as a team, we lose as a team. That's been our motto ever since we uh, got here. No one person gets to blame and no one person gets, you know, all the praise for the win. You know, we hold it hard for our game, but we didn't take care of business when we needed to as a team. You think some of this is definitely going to motivate you guys going into the offseason? Well, yeah, for sure. I mean, anytime you go into the offseason with a lot of pressure in the bowl game, it, it, uh, it works on your all feet. So it's one of those things you got to deal with, you know. And that was live after the game. Uh, that was Kelvin Beecham live after the game on the field. After they suffered a disappointing loss, a loss by uh, one point, actually. So they didn't get a chance to finish up that game and get the win. Now, I did speak to June Jones after the game, Royce, and asked him directly, what did he say to the players uh, during halftime to get them to come out and finally put some points on the boys? So let's listen real quick from June Jones and um, exactly what he had to do to get them on the board real quick here. If we have that audio. Okay. I mean, they have that audio there. But, Roy, let's talk a little bit about what happened and what you saw out there on the field about, uh, you know, after they won the game and, and the celebration that Army put on. Oh, yeah, it was amazing, Rodney, watching uh, and hand out the MVP trophies. Uh, most of the crowd stayed around. Uh, believe it or not, I got to see Derek Sinise in the crowd. He was there, Lieutenant Dan, I can remember from uh, uh, the movie. And he was there, and, you know, they really put on a nice presentation. Now, I was glad to see that both teams chose the MVP for the for that game. You know, uh, most families just won MVP. So 
So uh, both teams benefited. It was really nice that they did that. Now, we did speak to uh, Rich Ellison and Coach from Army about that winning play, uh, about why Kyle the pass right there when they've been running the ball so well. This is Coach Ellison after the game. I'm doing a couple things in that moment. You know, first, you know, Ian, Ian and I are talking, and we're saying, okay, we converted the first third down with bootleg. We said, keep, keep the ball in the quarterback's hands, uh, stay in bounds, and, and if we can get the first down, great. Well, we do. Well, we go back to the well, and we do the same thing. Okay, we're going to try this back to the wide side of the field. We'll keep the ball in the quarterback's hands, and we'll, and we'll if, if we don't get it, we're going to keep the clock running. They're out of timeouts. We're going to take a delay again. So I'm saying, okay, I'm going down the defense. Down the defense, we're going to take a delay again. We're going to punt the ball if we, if we don't get this. And blah, blah blah. So sure enough, here we come out and he throws it. And I'm going. So my first thing was, ah, you know. So, so there was a, there was another discussion that took place after I switched over to the defensive side of the headset. Apparently, or you never know. I mean, again, we always tell those cats somebody standing wide open, throw it to them. But um, we we we've been known to miss wide open guys before, so we always take a deep breath in that situation. But it was. Uh, it's a combination of Ian and, and that, that that play is not doesn't get made just in that moment. That play has been, been we've been working on that for two years. We've been developing that that kind of confidence and that kind of precision and that kind of poise. Uh, and that's 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 how things like that. And that was uh, Coach Rich Ellison talking about that winning play uh, that sealed the deal for Army to get the win in the Armed Forces Bowl 2011. This is a couple of comments real quick from Steven Anderson. He was the MOP for the game, middle linebacker, and this is us. Uh, this is him talking about exactly what, what you talked about, Royce, about these guys making a commitment not just to play football, but that commitment after they get through playing football on the field and uh, joining the armed forces. This is Steven Anderson. Yes, sir. I will be an infantry officer for eight years. Okay. Um, I have no idea where I'm going yet. I'll pick that uh, later on in my cadet career. Uh, but I, um, I signed up for infantry, and that's um, I want to lead in the front. That's right. what I want to do. Sure. And uh, you know, again, that's uh, going going back to what I'm talking about from the theme standpoint. That's kind of what uh, you know. That's what what the academy's about. When you play a school like SMU, where a lot of these kids will be going on in the business world and things like that, what's the different? What's the, what's the feeling like on the field? Is it the same? I mean, you just don't want to let one another down. You know, we go into a profession that you cannot let one another down. We go into a profession where losing is not even an option. You know, and that's what you got to remember is that, you know, this is the Armed Forces Bowl. We've got. We've got players that I've played with in Afghanistan right now. We've got players in Iraq that I've played. With. I've got teammates doing what I'm going to be doing. You know, I got, I got, uh, I got on my Facebook. I got 12 o'clock uh, ESPN. I got brothers overseas saying no, it's 8:30 p.m. You know, in Afghanistan. And um, you know, when you see those guys so excited, so so it's it's still in them. You know, it's still they're still in the brotherhood. It, this is a brotherhood that goes on for years and years and years. And it gives you that 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 pride, that that feeling that you know it's not just it's not just yourself. It's not just this team. It's this academy. It's this army. It's this country. You know, I mean that's a powerful tool if you can if you can hold on to it. And that's what you got. And that's what we were able to do today. And you heard Stephen Anson talking specifically about what you talked about, Royce, about that commitment to country. I mean, he was serious. These guys, you could tell right, that right. it was more the football to them. Right, right. I tell you what, Rodney, just from uh, being around looking at the guy, if I ever got caught in the dark alley, I want him on my side. 
know, he's just that kind of tough guy, you know. So, uh, yeah. yeah, he really was a nice young man. And this is uh, us talking to Stephen Anderson 101 real quick, and we'll play this real fast. And, uh, of course, we'll get into more talk with our bowl game special. This is Stephen Anderson 101 with the R Sports Radio. Thank you, sir. Hey, good win. Can you talk a little bit about emotionally, you know, getting that first turnover, getting that touchdown? What did it do for you guys on the defensive unit? Because you held them to, to no points in the first half. Yeah, um, yeah it's, you know, it's been – we played well in the first half all year, you know, and uh, there's been a few games that have gone away from us. But we, um, we always want to let the team know that, you know, Black Knights are here. Right. You know, when we can get a big play off the bat, offensively or defensively, they're like, oh, shit. You know what I'm saying? They, they came to play. Right. And, um, you know, we, we, we talked about at halftime how we got to keep that foot on the throat. You know, and, you know, it just, um, they made great adjustments. You know, to SMU made great, give it off to that coaching staff, you know, give it off to those players that, you know, said, oh, I mean, they kicked their butt in the first half, but, you know, that's why we play two halves of football. And, um, you know, they didn't quit, you know, and neither did we. And, um, you know, our defense was only, you know, was able to hold them to 14 points, and they missed two field goals today, you know. And that kicker, you know, that kicker had a rough drive, you know, going into the win. Yeah. So, um, after you missed that field goal, what were you thinking then? I mean, you had to be thinking. I was thinking offense, hold on to this ball. That's what I was saying. I was saying run this clock out, let's get this ball in. And it's, uh, it was a great feeling knowing that um, we bent, we kept bending, and then we didn't break. You know, yeah. we, we allowed ourselves to have a, that opportunity to keep it a difficult field goal to make mm-hmm. and, um, you know, have that chance to still be on. I want to personally invite you to Kingdom Encounter every Sunday at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time on Blog Talk Radio. That's blogtalkradio.com 
slash kingdom encounter each and every Sunday at 5 p.m. Hear what the kingdom has to offer you and have your own encounter. That's blogtalkradio.com slash kingdom encounter. Sundays at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time with me, Pastor Monica Wallace. And may God bless you. This is RF with the RF Sports Radio Show. Do you have a business, a product, a service, or a website, and you need more customers? Advertise with the fastest-growing Internet sports radio show and market your business to sports fans worldwide. Don't miss a unique opportunity to capitalize on the biggest marketing genre in the world. Email me at rfsportsradio at gmail.com. That's rfsportsradio at gmail.com. We have options for every budget, and don't let business pass you by. Features Blow Fly, Mayhem, Ken Folks, Jack, and the Grit Boys, with many, many other. Also featuring production from super producer, none other than Big Chris. Available now at all of your favorite online retailers iTunes, Amazon, Napster, Rhapsody, Seven Digital, E Music, and every other major online retailer that you can think of. Don't wait, go pick up Smoke in the City now. It's blazing! It's blazing! Let's welcome everyone back to the program. You're on with the RF Sports Radio Show. This is our live uh, bowl game special. We talked on Forces Bowl. We're going to talk a little Ticket City Bowl now. And later on, we have some special guests coming on. Some of our hometown boys from DeSoto. We'll have Von Miller, Cyrus Gray, also Garrick Williams, and Tony Gerard Eddy. On the uh, on the show as well with some live interviews right from Cowboy Stadium as they get ready for the Cotton Bowl. Uh, Royce, let me bring on our other com- other partner here, partner in crime uh, that was with us at the Ticket City Bowl, and that was Rick. Rick, you live on the show, man. How you doing? I'm doing good, Rodney. How's it going? How's it going, Royce? How you doing, man? Hello, hello, Rick. How's it going? I'm good. I'm good. How's everybody here. doing tonight? Uh-huh. <laughs> That's in Houston last year, right? No, I thought you knew you That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, we, we, we snuck one in. <laughs> That's right. That's it, did. Now, now, Rick, we had talked earlier on the show uh, before you joined us about the bowl game atmosphere. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, what you saw at the Ticket City Bowl this year, which was their first ever Ticket City Bowl? Well, I mean, I, I, was, I was quite pleased with, with what I saw. I enjoyed the experience. You know, I mean, you go out there, and, and we slowly saw the the fans start piling in the stadium, you know, and everybody got into the game. The game looked like it was pretty much out of hand, and then the guys uh, from Northwestern turned it into a game. And, and, I mean, it was a very much of a cottage atmosphere out there. Yeah. You know, it was pretty good to see, especially from that view, looking at it from the press box area uh, where you can actually see – Everybody out in the crowd kind of mingling together, but you could see a divided line. You had purple on one side and you had red red on the other side, although they were sharing the same side of the stadium, you know, because we're looking at it from across the field, right? But you could see the line where all the purples and where the reds were, you know, but everybody seemed to get along. I mean, it was it, it seemed like a really good day out there. Yeah, and we should mention, of course, the two teams in the Ticket City Bowl were uh, Northwestern from the Big Ten, and also from the Big 12, Texas Tech, two teams that 
Uh, Tickets to the boat didn't know if they're going to be able to get these type of teams for their first year. But they mentioned during the press conference that they really thought it was important to have the game because there were there was going to be no football played in the Cotton Bowl on New Year's Day unless they did the Ticket City Bowl. So they really thought that was important, and we're glad they did that. And we're glad it allowed us to cover the game. Now during the during the press conference, uh, you had both coaches, uh, Pat Fitzgerald for Northwestern, and also Tommy Tuberville from Texas Tech. And this is what Pat Fitzgerald had to say about playing in the Ticket City Bowl. And of course, coming to Dallas to be in a Big Ten school. Great honor and privilege for us to be here. I'm excited to play on January 1st. Uh, go down and go through our walkthrough in the historic Cotton Bowl Stadium. Uh, I think really put, put a bow on, on a, a great prep that we've had over the last month, and uh, really got our guys excited. You know, for most of our young men, it's their first time in, in this arena, uh, and it's special. I think that we're only the second Big Ten team in the history of the Cotton Bowl. Got to get an opportunity to. Step on this uh, historic grounds is a great honor. I'd like to thank uh, Tom Starr and everyone that's volunteered and has been active in this week. Our players, our football family, uh, it's had just a tremendous time, and it's going to be a great challenge for us. Coach Trevorville and the staff and young men have done a great job this year, and uh, we're looking forward to the challenge. But it's going to be a great one for us here uh, tomorrow. Yeah, you see, he's talking about them being the second Big Ten school to play in the Cotton Bowl, which is a huge honor for them. Uh, so they would definitely enjoy their time there. And of course, they have a huge alumni base here in Dallas-Fort Worth. That's, I think he said they had about 6,000 in the Alumni Association in the area, which is pretty good for a team that's located way up in Chicago. So I thought that was really nice. Now, he mentioned something earlier later on in the program and, and how prophetic he was because he talked about the stress is going to be on his DBs throughout the game. And this is what Coach, Coach Fitz had to say about the DBs and going up against Texas Tech. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're going to be fully hydrated. They're going to run all over the field. Uh, you know, the tempo the Tech plays with, we're going to be able to spread it out. But what's impressed me and it's Coach's attitude that he's always had, the, the, the physicality that they play with on the perimeter, the way they block and the way they run the football, too, uh, to me, jumps out. You know, the great teams that Coach had at Auburn, that was their, their calling card. I and mean, they just punch you in the face and keep doing it and play a very physical brand of football. And, and you know, similarities, I guess, to the previous tech offenses that we didn't study as much as we studied this one, spread out and things of that nature. But the physicality that they run the ball and the physicality that the receivers have on the perimeter is what jumped out to me to when I started watching tape. And now as I've gone through the course of the month is why it's kept me up late at night. So our guys have got a huge challenge. And, Russ, I think you, you talked about that the first day we went to the press conference about how you knew Texas Tech was going to spread the ball and run that spread offense and put a lot of pressure on their on their DBs. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, Rodney, uh, I, I got to stand up for Texas team this weekend. You know, TCU won, Texas Tech won. Uh, SMU came real close, and we got Texas A&M coming up. So, actually, yeah, you, you're right. Uh, Texas Tech, you know, offense was just, just really outplayed uh, Northwestern. And uh, just to give the uh, listeners a, a breakdown of the score, you know, uh, Final score ended up being 44 to 31, but uh, in the first quarter, Tech jumped out to a 10-0 lead, and by the second quarter they were up 24 to six. And you know, at halftime, everybody thought it was going to be pretty much a blowout. To show you how uh, much Northwest fought back, uh, by the end of the third quarter, the score was 24 to nine. Uh, two minutes before the fourth quarter, it was 31 to nine. 
five minutes into the fourth quarter, score became 31 to 17. Crowd kind of got into it, and uh, by the fourth quarter, it was 38 to 24. So you talking about a comeback in a game? You know, we talking about a game. Well, you know, uh, Tech finally won a game 44 to 31. But just because to show you that, uh, this, you know, it really was a pretty close game. And, uh, no, I got to give my ass off to Northwest for fighting back, you know, because everybody thought it was going to be a blowout. It's pretty much over. But I was really impressed with this Tech team because they now, all you mentioned, uh, you talked about how the defense really let Tech do whatever they wanted to do for really three quarters right. in the game and had to right. finally had to get get everything together in that fourth quarter. Now, you had a chance to talk to one of the uh, Northwestern defensive ends, uh, Corbin Bryant, and uh, get a, right. get an interview in with him. What did you think about him as it being the senior on that Northwestern team? You know, he, he, he was pretty humble. I think he was excited to play in the game. Uh, like I said, they did uh, uh, kind of let it take out their way running the first half, but they kind of shut him down, slowed him down. I didn't say shut him down, kind of slowed him down. Uh, going into the second half. So, you know, let, let's hear his comments uh, about the game. What do you guys do differently to prepare for taking? Do you guys do anything special or practice in a different kind of way? No, no, nothing different. You know, same routine we had last year. You know, we completed all our 15 of our practices. You know, just continue to watch tape, you know, continue to learn what they do, you know, inside and out. And, and the more we know what they do, the more we can cut it loose and play fast out there. Can we expect y'all to put out all the stops tomorrow? I mean, being a bowl game. Oh, yeah, definitely. This is, this is the last game of the year. Why hold back? There's no reason to hold back. Anyway, what's your plans after? You graduate, I mean, is there anything? Uh, I'm going to pursue the NFL the a- after the game. And Any particular team you like to get chosen by? You uh, just want to go ahead and I, I just want to <laughs> have a, a chance okay. to play in the NFL. Well, gonna... Russ, I think you're trying to get put in a little bid there to be a, be a sports <laughs> agent. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, how bad yeah, he is. Somebody will pick him up. You know, he played, he, he played really good in that game. He played really well. Mm-hmm. And like I said, and uh, uh, Rick and uh, Jess, man, we saw a brilliant game. You know, we kind of went to sleep in the first half. Yeah. You know, second half. They showed the fight Northwestern, so it really was a very good game. Yeah. It, it really turned out to be, you know, because I, I agree with you. In the first half, I mean, we were pretty much excited about it just being a, a football game in general, you know, and then it starts off and, and, and Tech just got hot on them, and then it just looked like, oh, my goodness, this is a, here here we go with a with a blowout game. And then, you know, Northwest, Northwestern caught fire, and they just – simply turned it around towards the latter part of the game, and, and they really made it a game. They actually had a chance to win that game. Quadrants kept it yeah. really big. So anybody right. that really just sat down and watched that football game, if they watched it through, you know, they, they, they got a treat out of it, no doubt about right. it. Right. Let me ask you, Rick, I mean, from what you saw, I mean, they threw a lot of that bubble screen, that screen to the wide receivers, and you really didn't like that play. No, and I, I don't. You know that that's just not one of my, my my favorite plays. You know, I think that that's a play that you would probably want to run once 
you know, in a game. You know, I like I like power football. I like seeing the, the running backs get out there, you know, running through the, the three hole, you know, maybe the maybe the four. You know, those are the kind of things that I that I that I like to see. And if we're gonna be passing the ball, you know, I'll it passes across the middle or passes deep, you know, usually work out, you know, for me that's that's kind of what I like to see. But they they were successful running that bubble screen. I mean they they ran it a little bit and, and finally towards, you know, again the the, the latter part of the game <clears throat> Northwestern, you know, picked it up and they were able to stop the screen. You know, and yeah. Taylor Potts, you know, he had a he had a pretty nice game really overall, you know, but it wasn't like you know, he was he was throwing really, really long passes. I think as long as pass was probably, you know, thirty or forty yards or something, but you know, and that was some run after catch, you know, at that. Yeah. So you right. know he could the game was that low. You know, he he, made, really, he, did. he, he really did. He, he, managed, you know? he was like kind of gritty like and you know, how he managed the game and you know they, they did the short passes, you know, but everybody can you know, and the offense was kinda of like New England. They were dinking and dunking, you know, it, yeah. I think I, but, uh, I think Taylor Potts was successful and he probably solidified himself a nice fifth, fourth or fifth round of pick selection in the draft. Right. You know, me right. could fall down as much as the sixth or seventh as well, but it depends on you know the 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 quality of quarterbacks that are going to be coming out overall once they get into the combines and all that. Because, I mean, he's even got a chance to move up. I mean, he's got, the, he's got the tools to do it. And when you look at him, he looks like a prototypical quarterback. He stands in the pocket. You know, if he'll just, you know, throw it deep. I think, you know, Tech should have been just a little bit more aggressive throwing it deep and testing out their they defensive backs. Now, you guys mentioned Taylor Posse. He was voted MVP for the game. He did have a pretty big day. He was 43 for 56. 369 yards passing, uh, total of five TDs. He had four TDs passing and one one uh, reception, one rushing. Great TD. life. <laughs> yeah, he had a, had a, a rushing TD too. So he, he did his thing. He definitely did his thing. He was, he was the key to that offense uh, for Texas Tech. And then, of course, um, on the other side of the ball, we, we saw another young guy that No Western had that we felt like should have had the ball all game that was Kane Coulter. They kept running that that oh, two yeah. uh, quarterback offense at Northwestern, and we kept saying, "Now why did not give this guy the ball? This guy had 105 yards rushing. He led the right. team in rushing from the quarterback position, and he, he played didn't the whole get game. Pass the ball. They played the whole game. <laughs> you know, so that was kind of weird. Yeah, they didn't let him. Uh, he was, you know, he was he, he was very good. We, I don't know why they did, didn't do that. You know, I don't. To me, I don't understand. But the, the, you gotta give them credit for fighting back. They they did. You know, like I said, it was they were down twenty four to six at halftime, and and the fight back the way they did, you know, was pretty amazing. But of course, now at the end, that's when you pull up that uh, good pass. But, you know, they came out throwing. Yeah, uh, did. They came out throwing the ball. The thing, the thing about Kane Coulter to me, what I was really impressed with is, you know, he 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 looked like a football player. You know what I mean? He he looked simply yeah. like a football player. You know, and it, it, you know, I was a little irritated with the quarterbacking situation because you pretty much knew once they put him back there as quarterback that they was gonna run the ball. When they put the other right. guy back there today, chances are right. that they were gonna pass the ball. But 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 Kane Coulter was one of those players that that. You know, he, he again. He's a football player. He played quarterback. He played flanker. He he played receiver. Right. You know, he played tailback. I mean, he was always you know just like you said. Well, he was always on the field. 
you know, they had packages for for the guy. And he's a young kid. I'm telling that 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 comp Big Ten, they better look out, you know, for that guy. I'm not quite sure exactly what the whole team uh, would be able to do. You know, we'd have to watch them a little more and, and study research a little bit. But you know, that player, watching him, he's a football player yeah. without question. I agree, and and they were missing their starting quarterback person who's been their quarterback since the start of the season. He didn't play this game. He was out hurt. So they gave Kane Coulter and the other quarterback, um, Evan Wa- Evan Watkins, a chance to play. But I know Coach has got to figure out a way to get this guy on the field. You're absolutely right. He he can play any position. The guy had 105 yards rushing. He had 38 yards passing and also caught a, a pass for 32 yards, which is the longest pass Northwestern had for the game. So he was really their top receiver. You know, at the same time as playing the quarterback as a top rusher. So you got to figure. They, they got to figure out what it is that they're gonna gonna do with him. I mean, he's he's yeah. one of those players that's obviously a good problem to have. You know, and what right. I mean by him being a football player is he gonna be a quarterback? You know, is he gonna be a running I'm back? Is he gonna be a receiver? Some some right. players you just know that guy right there he's a tight end. Period. End of story. Or that guy he's a quarterback. That's it. You don't really know what you could do with this guy because he could do so many things out there on the yeah. field. Yeah, right. yeah, I agree. And let's listen to real quick to uh, Coach Pat Fitzgerald talk about uh, some of the things he felt like his team needed to do to win the game. Of course, they didn't win. And he and he puts a lot of blame, and you hear him, on the juniors on the team. I don't know if he's trying to amp them up for next season, but we'll listen to his comments after the game. Pretty good plans, but uh, unfortunately we melted down there a little bit in the second quarter and gave up some uh, some plays, and then we were playing catch-up from there on in. So I'm proud of our young man's fight, but there's no moral victories in our program. And, to our 13 great seniors as they leave our locker room for the last time. Uh, they'll go down as one of the all-time winningest groups in our program's history. They've been through a ton of adversity. Five years ago, they came to our campus just after their head football coach, Randy Walker, passed away. And they'll depart now all with their degrees, most with their master's degree, and uh, a legacy of success. that There'll be a foundation for the future. As we look at our junior class, it's one of the most successful in our program. Starters across the board that have played multiple years, and it's time that they step up. And if we want to win championships and we want to win these kind of football games, that class has got to step up. They got to start making more plays. They got to start leading, and they got to be the catalyst for us to go where we want to go. And I challenged them at the start of bowl prep. A lot of guys made plays like Jordan did today in that class. And if we want to go where we want to go, it's time for that class. It's their senior year, and it's time now. And uh, I'm looking forward uh, to having a safe night here. Traveling back home to Chicago, we start school on Monday. We go to school at Northwestern for you folks who don't cover us a lot. So uh, we go to school on Monday, and then we'll get workouts started in two weeks and get ready to go. Now, Royce, what do you think about that comment he made about putting so much on the juniors? You know, we talked about that, and I, I sent some anger in his voice when he said that, but I think he was sending a message. I think he was upset because they lost, but I think he was sending a message. What do you think about that, Rick? And that that to me sounded like a football coach. Without yeah, question. Yeah. I mean he's the, right. the man is the man is ready to play. He's ready to play. He seemed a little perturbed that, that, that they lost the game, you know, but I couldn't tell if if he was disappointed in the juniors and what right. what went on out on the field or if he was just trying to, you know, you know, be aggressive, you know, towards towards the uh, next season. You know, because one of the guys that was sitting up there with him, you know, I I, I don't uh, – Jordan, Jordan Maven was his name. 
And yeah. he's he's part of the junior class. And he was the guy that actually uh, caught the interception and ran it back for a touchdown. Right. You know, right. he – you know, and he maybe he was trying to send a message, you know, to him and have that guy translated in the locker room. Right. I, I, I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell. He didn't seem angry. He just sounded like a coach. You know what I mean? He, he, right. he didn't realize he was in a media session or something. You know, he was out there coaching. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. was it was a surprising comment. That's for sure. Yeah. And not to be outspoken, of course, we got to listen to Coach uh, Tommy Tuberville. And Tuberville is one of those guys, he's an old-school ball coach. He's coached at Auburn. He's coached all over the place. And so he knows his football. But I'm really surprised he took the job at Texas Tech number one because they run such a spread offense. He knows he got to do some things to, to get them right and get everything going. But this is some of his comments about getting the win in the inaugural, the very first uh, Ticket City Bowl. And this is Coach uh, Tuberville uh, live on the R Sports Radio Show here. I say uh, it was a pleasure and honor to play against Northwestern. They got a classy program and university, and made made some good new friends from the administration all week long and their players. We knew they'd play hard all the way through, and uh, we just couldn't get that knockout punch in. They just kept coming back, and they've done that all year long. And they played with a little bit of a handicap without their quarterback. Uh, and, but they threw us a curveball and started running the option, which we hadn't seen much of, and uh, gave us some problems. But uh, they really they really played hard, did a good job, and, and we were fortunate to win the game. I want to thank the Ticket City Bowl and Tom Starr and his people. They did an outstanding job this week. And classy bowl game, it'll get better and better, and we're just proud to be have been a part of it, the, the inaugural uh, Ticket City Bowl, and look forward to this thing getting better and better. Uh, one of the one of the one of the good better bowl games I've been to. Our team, uh, we played with a lot of adversity, but we lost four starters on defense the first half. And I've never been involved in anything like that. We just had guys keep going down. And when you lose your middle linebacker, Bront Bird went out and and uh, really put us in a tailspin. It was trying to stop the run, getting everybody lined up. And when you practice for five or six weeks, and all of a sudden the captain of your defense goes out and a freshman looking around wondering uh, what to call, then you know you're going to have problems. But uh, we adjusted. Guys did a good job. We gave up uh, a few yards and a few points, but, uh, you know, that's that's what it's all about. And uh, then on offense, we lost our left tackle and and uh, Baron Batch uh, early in the game. And so uh, two guys that are very instrumental in what we've been doing all year long. We uh, we overcome adversity all year long. We, we won eight games. And I think about midway through the season, people wonder whether we're going to win three or four, much less eight. And uh, because of these two guys and a lot of good seniors around this year, they, they really persevered and pushed us through. And so uh, we, we just happened to make enough plays to, to continue to win a few games. Eight games is, uh, I think, a good start for this, this group. As I told the younger players, that when we win the championship a few years from now, it's going to be because these seniors, uh, what they did in the last year, and, and c- continue to build this football program, fought back the adversity, and, and uh, uh, welcomed us as coaches and myself with open arms, and we were able to, to continue to get better and better, and we'll continue to do that. But it was a, it was a good day both on offense and defense. Offensively, we, we didn't give our offense enough, enough uh, swings to the bat second half. Uh, second, uh, you know, we just couldn't get the ball back for them enough, and uh, I thought we would score somewhere in the 50s, but we were a little bit short. But, uh, again, it's all about going out and playing hard, finding a way to win, and we've done that, and we did that today. And, uh, again, it was, a, it was a good win for us. 
Welcome to Coach Tuberville, uh, live on our sports radio show, talking about uh, getting the win in the very first uh, Ticket City Bowl. And one decision that did, that Coach did make in the third quarter is he decided to kick an onside kick up by 21 points. And we all kind of looked at each other when we did that, like, what is he doing? He gave them a short field. They ended up having an offsides call on the kickoff, on the onside kick, gave him a short field. They were able to go down and score. That's how they gained that momentum to get back into the game. Rick, what did you think overall about the coach's decision to go for that onside kick up by 21 points? Well, I mean, I, I had no idea what he was thinking. And, you know, it, it in my mind, it was probably the worst call, you know, of the whole football game. Right. Right. I mean, it was, yeah. it was simply put, I mean, you up 21 points. You're stopping them from moving the ball. You know, the only person that's actually out there moving the ball is is, is Kane. You know, so right. why why would you why would you even try something like that? If you get it fine, nobody's questioning. Okay, good right. call. Right. But if, if you it don't goes get right. more things can go wrong with it, then can go yeah. go go good. You know what I mean? Right. So it, right. it, you know, bad call. And and Northwestern made him pay for it. You know, those guys went yeah. out there, offside penalty, Northwestern got it and took it in and, and got them some points on the board, period, in the store. Right. It, it obviously was a game changer. You know, like I said, I don't know what he was thinking when he did that. That's one of those. I wish I could take those back moments, <laughs> but you can't. And like I said, he did change the momentum of the game. It gave Northwestern uh, some uh, uh, good field position, which they hadn't had much of all day. So, uh, and it, it came out of nowhere ask. too. Right, yeah, it came out of nowhere. Good question to ask. Right, it's been a good question to ask the coach, wouldn't it? <laughs> well, we did. We did talk to Coach Tuberville about just that. This is him talking about the onside kick and also uh, his future and what he expects uh, coming into next uh, next season and his second season coaching Texas Tech. Yeah, yeah, we go up by what twenty one and. It was set up. I was going to kick it the time before that, but it was, uh, I think, about two minutes to go in the half. And uh, so now I'm not going to give them the ball right here right before the half, and uh, we'll just kick it to them. And so we, I told the team we were going to kick it the next score that we had. To, and uh, it was a great kick, and we went up and got it, but we dropped it. And it worked perfectly. But, again, it, we were offsides. You, cardinal sin. You can't be offside on an onside kick. So I was 0 for 3, I guess, this year on an onside kick. <laughs> so next year I got my batting average got to be a little bit better. Did I, did I hear you say the chancellor asked you? Yeah, chancellor. With chancellor and, and me, we, we talked a little bit about, about special teams. And uh, and uh, he, he suggested back after, even after the Baylor game, that we don't try more onside kicks. I did that for him. <laughs> you get the season opener, if you have to kick off to start, you're just going to start with an onside kick? <laughs> I might get it out of the way early. Yeah. Yeah. Well, your run run pass split is not what you want ultimately. Is that right? Well, that yeah, comes there, down there, to well, and there are just times that we've got to, you know the type of backs that we've got and the type of back we're recruiting. We got to be able to go downhill a little bit more instead of sideways. We're just a little bit too much finesse for this league. Uh, if you look at Oklahoma, uh, if you look at Nebraska, you know the teams that are up there. You know, they're able to get down and come off the ball, and if they need a yard, they get it. And of course, we did that today, but there's some other games we weren't able to do that. So we're not going to make some drastic changes, but we'll we'll do some things to where we'll help our offensive line, help our quarterbacks. Uh, we still want to be a throwing team first, but uh, you know when when need be, we need to line up and and get a foot or 
or be able to be more physical against a team like we had uh, played against today, well, we need to be able to do that. And we just didn't have enough time to be able to do that. Are you optimistic the way recruiting's gone and how you've been received around yeah. the state? Yeah, oh, it's going great. And the coaches have done done well. We've, we've made a lot of progress. We're, we're, uh, we're in on a lot of very good players. The number one thing for us is speed. We've got to have more speed. We don't have enough speed on this team on either side of the ball. You know, to win a championship, obviously we can win games, but that's not what I'm here for. So everybody that, that we can find that can run, you know, we're really looking at hard. And, uh, of course, we need some offensive linemen, which we've got several commitments. We've got a quarterback. Uh, we've got a couple junior college guys. We've got to get some defensive backs. Uh, we just we're, we're hurting at defensive back, so linebackers. So there's we've we've got a lot of things that we've got to correct. It's not going to happen overnight. Uh, you know, we're still a few years away to getting the type of personnel here that we need. But uh, that has nothing to do with the effort these guys are giving. I tell you what, uh, we won eight games this year on a lot of effort. You know, it's just they, they just they weren't going to be tonight. Is Scotty Young your guy next year, quarterback? No, well. And it was Coach Tuberville talking a little bit about uh, that onside kick that we talked about and the future of Texas Tech football to come, some of the new recruits he's gotten in. He knows he has to get a lot faster, and I agree with that. He's got to get a lot faster, play with the teams in the Big 12, especially if he wants any kind of shot to get to the um, to the championship game. But before we go into the next bowl game, of course, we do have some Cotton Bowl coverage coming up, a big announcement I just got an email from, some breaking news about the Cotton Bowl. Uh, but before we go, let's listen to real quick Taylor Posse, MVP uh, for the Ticket City Bowl, the very first MVP of the Ticket City Bowl. And this is my one, one-on-one with him. And uh, I asked him directly about how he feels about the game and how comfortable he was back there in the pocket. You know, having a big game like this, we really you didn't get touched, but you just real comfortable in the pocket. I guess that really helps you a lot throughout the game. Yeah, knowing, kind of knowing and having that feel that you know they're protecting. Um, you're, you're not going to get touched. Odds are you're not. Gonna, you know, somebody's not going to get through. Everybody's doing a great job. Uh, you can settle in there and hang in there a little bit longer. Um, you know, if I was hit early, then that kind of gets in your mind thinking, man, I don't have a whole lot of time. I got to get out and go. But um, you know, O line played really good. Um, just gives you confidence when you know you're not going to get hit. Is it a huge confidence thing with the receivers been playing with them for a while, especially with Lyle? I mean, you had confidence with them to get the ball a lot. Today. Yeah, no, they uh, they did an excellent job. I don't know what it was like, 43 or 56. And, you know, um, and those weren't all great passes. Like the one I had to Lyle, uh, um, you know, he turns into a touchdown and. Uh, it wasn't a great pass. You know, there was one. There was a fourth down. I threw it to Detron. Um, it went right through a guy's hands. You know, at the line, and then and Detron's getting banged up right there. Turns around and just makes a catch. And, and, and I don't know how he caught it, but it was you know it was impressive. And um, just guys making plays like that was huge. Um, you know, Corn. I know Corn came across the middle uh, a couple times. I threw it to him really quick, and he was able to just catch it, hold on to it, and get some yards, and, um, which is really good. And then, and then Torres, you know, and the guys when we throw the screens, just getting upfield and getting through blocks was, you know, I mean, that's just you know the type of receivers we have. They're tough. They're going to catch the ball, and you know they're going to do what they're supposed to do. And it was uh, Taylor Potts, uh, the MVP from the very first Ticket City Bowl. He did. We talked about Lyle, his receiver Lyle Long. And, Rick, you got a chance to talk to Lyle. Of course, we didn't get a chance to play it on the show. I know you did record an interview with him, but you asked him specifically one big question, and what was that? Well, I mean, it was actually, it was actually on a, a, a long touchdown run that that, that um, uh, Texas Tech had, you know, out there. 
you know, I think I I I, I forget the the guy's name. Um, uh, Stevens, Eric Stevens was his name, and he he was running the ball and had a nice eighty six yard run, and and Lyle was out there actually blocking for him. But at some point, you know. I couldn't tell you when and where, but he <laughs> kind of got crossed up in the situation, and he—I mean—he just lost focus, and he almost tackled his own man. You know, he's putting his arms out trying to block, which is illegal in the first place. But you know, I asked him about it, asked him what happened. He just—you know—said he just got confused out there, pretty much. I mean, he was—he was watching the play, he was blocking, he was watching, he was blocking, and then, you know, he, he kind of got tripped up and he stuck both arms out, and it was just kind of like in his mind. Whoever he hits, he hits. You know, yeah. he's just trying to make a play, not really realizing that that person that he was about to hit was his own man going into the end zone. Yeah, yeah. It was real, 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 real funny, real funny. I mean, it, it was a funny play to watch, you know. But I also asked him, you know, you know, his future plans. And, of course, he's, you know, pretty much like the rest of the guys. You know, they have NFL aspirations, you know, and he's he's going to go uh, to to a combine and work really hard and try to increase a draft position, you know, even if he's got a position at all. He just wants to work hard and keep playing. So, good guy. Good guy. And overall, we want to thank everyone uh, that we had on the show, especially these college kids. A lot of these guys had a lot of resolve. They're very humble, and uh, you can definitely appreciate that because, of course, they haven't started making any money yet, but you know these guys have got their head on straight, at least for right now. Let's take a quick break real fast. We're going to come back with some quick Cotton Bowl stuff. We're going to play, of course, the interviews that we did with the uh, DeSoto hometown guys, and we have some more breaking news for you guys about the Cotton Bowl that – I don't think you guys have heard yet that may change the whole landscape of the game. So we'll take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back in the RS Sports Radio Show for our bowl game special, live on Blog Talk Radio. Oh, yeah, the wait is finally over. The new release from Rifleman, Smoke in the City, available now. Album features Flow Fly, Mayhem, Kenfo Jack, and the Grit Boys with many, many other. Also featured production from super producer, none other than Big Chris. Available now at all of your favorite online retailers, iTunes, Amazon, Napster, Rhapsody, 7 Digital, E-Music, and every other major online retailer that you can think of. Don't wait, go pick up Smoke in the City now. It's blazing, it's blazing. This is RF with the RF Sports Radio Show. I'm here live with my good friend, CEO and creator of LawApps.com, Jared Rice. Why don't you let everyone know exactly what LawApps.com is? It's a mobilized version of an attorney's regular website so that people can access the site on mobile phones like smartphones, whether it be HTC, iPhone, Android, BlackBerry, or Palm, or any Windows-based system. So why does an attorney need LawApps.com? Well, if you have a regular website and people are pulling it up on their mobile phone, obviously they can't see it. So if you don't have a mobilized version of your site, you're missing out on millions of customers. And, you know, for business, that's not a good thing, especially in 2011. So what's the best way for people to get in contact with LawApps.com? Go to our website at LawApps.com, and apps is spelled with a Z on the end, not an S. Or they can give us a call at our toll-free number, one eight eight eight. 974 6784. Uh, that's 1 888 974 6784. And it's lawapps.com, L A W A P P Z.com. Get your law firm out of the dark ages.
back live on our uh, 2011 Bowl Game Special. We covered the Armed Forces Bowl. We talked about the Ticket City Bowl also. Let's get into some quick Cotton Bowl coverage real fast. But before we do, there is a bowl game on right now, the uh, Discover Orange Bowl. And right now Stanford is beating up on Virginia Tech 40-12. to And Andrew Luck is having a big day. Uh, making everyone take notice of him. He's, he, he's probably going to be the first pick of the draft. So I wonder right now what Jimmy Clausen is thinking <laughs> in Carolina, uh, watching Andrew Luck uh, shred Virginia Tech in the Discover Orange Bowl. Let me bring my guys back on. Rick, I know you're live on with me. And Royce, you're on the line as well too, right? Yes, sir. All right. Let's get into some quick late-breaking news, guys. I just get this email uh, from the media department at the Cotton Bowl, and they have ruled, the NCAA has ruled that Stephen Ridley will be eligible for the bowl game for LSU. He did not violate his by, violate his bylaws, and he's eligible to play for the Tigers in the Cotton Bowl. And Coach Malzo said today that this is great news. We put our faith in the system, and the NCAA made the right decision. We appreciate the efforts put forth by the NCAA and the LSU administration. We are grateful that the NCAA made this priority at this time of the year. And if you believe in the mission of the NCAA, this decision is good for college athletics. I told the team about the news, and at the end of practicing, they were a happy group. Now, Ridley played in all 12 games during the LSU 2010 regular season. He leads the team in rushing with over 1,000 yards, and over and, uh, 14 touchdowns. He's averaging 86.8 yards per game. So how big is that to have your leading rusher eligible to play for the bowl game right in time? I mean, Royce, that's pretty huge. big, don't you think? Oh, that, that, that's huge. That's a game changer. And for once, uh, they made a decision that I went the other way with some guys are playing in the bowl instead of taking them out of bowl games. So that's huge news. That's a game changer. Uh, I still give a nod to Texas A&M, but that really does change the game. I mean, now they got a running game. So I think that that uh, Texas A&M is going to change their whole strategy now. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be huge for that defense. I got to get a chance to talk to those guys about what they're going to try to do differently defensively to stop this. I mean, Rick, what do you think about this decision coming days before the game? Well, I mean, it's it's a decision that actually, you know, took too long. You know, it's a decision they should have made a while back. You know, I mean, how much more of a, a violation, you know, could it be, you know, in the Cam Newton situation and they haven't done anything to him? You know, and I, I think the the NCAA got it right. You know, I'm not saying, you know, I mean, it, it could have been, you know, a lot of factors involved, but I think for a change, you know, the NCAA got it right because, like Roy says, you know, they they usually take these guys out of these games and they don't don't let them play. Sometimes they're 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 innocent, sometimes they're not, you know, but usually just because of the publicity and all the things that come along with it, they usually just say, you know, so what, you're not playing. And this time they're being a little lenient and they let these guys play. I think it's really, really huge for LSU. Big time. I mean, who wouldn't be happy with having their leading rusher out there? You know, so now they got a, they got a, a somewhat of a running game. I still think, you know, A&M's going to be too much for them, though. 
Yeah, yeah. We're definitely pulling for A&M. And speaking of A&M, we have some local guys on the team, and these guys are really some of the playmakers on the team. Uh, of course, uh, Buckets Award winner Von Miller is from DeSoto. Also, Cyrus Gray, the running back. Um, Tony Jarrett Eddie is on the team, and also Garrett Williams, a guy I watched grow up since he was zero age, <laughs> grow up into a football player, is now playing in the Cowboys. So we were glad to, uh, proud of them, number one, and we had a chance to talk to all these guys on the field. Now, uh, now Tony's coming off of a foot surgery, and uh, Coach um, Coach Sherman said during the press conference that he really felt like uh, he did a little bit out there today. He says that change of direction wasn't what he needs to be for game time, but we still have the rest of the week. So it's kind of up in the, up in the air if Tony's going to get a chance to play. We did see him on the uh, field working very, very hard to try to get back and get in game shape. And this is what we had a chance to talk to him. And, Royce, you got a chance to talk to Tony one-on-one about how it feels to be in the Cotton Bowl. Tony, he's here at uh, playing the Cowboys Stadium. How does it feel to play on the big stage? Yeah, it's great. We get to play here once every year, and now we get to play. It's a bonus because we get to play here again. And we lost the first time we played here, or the first two times we played here. So, you know, we're anxious to get a win. We're playing in front of hometown crowd. You expect your family and our friends. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have a lot of people here. I got like 20, 25 guests coming to watch me play. So it's going to be big. Okay, what do y'all expect uh, from the other team? Or what are y'all going to do different? Uh, they, they, I, I expect them to um, come out and try to establish the run game against us, be physical, you know. It's, it's a part of the SEC's memo, you know, to try to, you know, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, and then play action. So I expect them to come out and try to establish the run game early. Okay. All right. Nice turn. And that was uh, Tony right there talking about uh, getting a chance to play in the field. We just hope he gets that chance to play in the field. I know, Royce, we're looking for him to kind of have a big game, especially on that defense. Right. Yeah, it's kind of disappointing, but he hopes to be a play game day. I talked to him. He said every day gets better and better, and it just goes to show how old I am watching these guys. I remember when they were children. Uh, now they're playing uh, uh, at the at Cowboys Stadium, and uh, it makes me realize how old I am, Rodney. <laughs> well, right. well, we can't we can't all get young. We can only get older. That's where at least at least it's where it's supposed to go. Now I had a chance to talk one on one with Gary Williams. I've been knowing Gary for a long time. Me and his uncle, uh I've seen him grow up from like I said, zero age to high school and now he's playing on the college level and doing very, very well on the college level. So I had a chance to kinda of talk to him real fast about his feelings about playing in the cotton bowl in front of his home crowd and I got a chance to throw a little joke in there with him as well too. All right, Sports Radio, we're here with Garrick Williams. Now, you know, I taught you everything about football. So what have what I taught you that you're going to use for the game for the Cotton Bowl? Oh, uh, you know, uh, just the basics, you know, fundamental stuff, you know, uh, getting to the ball, you know, uh, trying to get the ball out, stuff like that. You know, um, the game is a big game for us. So, you know, turnovers is going to draw this game. Yeah. Now, you guys are playing at SEC school in LSU. I mean, what can you expect? What kind of game plan I got going forward to stop them on the run? Oh, uh, you know, uh, we know SEC, you know, so they're uh, hard-nosed, all of them. like to run the ball, power football, but you know, like our defense has been playing good this year, and we expect to do big things and stop them uh, come Friday. Now, I'm expecting you to have a big game. I know you're ready to play for the hometown crowd. A lot of people are going to be coming out to support you. 
Um, what do you expect to be able to do in the game? Uh, this game, well, what I'm expecting is myself, you know, just doing my part, you know, doing my uh, doing my one eleven of just like help the team or whatever. And you know, uh, I just I need to have a big game Friday. I need to show up, you know, and like uh, I like I like look at this game as my as like my first game towards my senior year. Right, right. So looking forward to your senior year. I know you're ready to come back and be a real leader for the team. Yes, yeah, so, you know, um, I already know like uh, my role. I think is energy, you know, uh, leadership, being vocal and stuff like that. And it's just it's just a head start for next year. Yeah, that was Garrick Williams. Uh, plays, uh, of course, starting defensive uh, defensive in four. Texas A&M. They're gonna be playing the Cabo on Friday. Now you see, Rick. I told you, man. I taught a lot of these guys how to play football. I, I told you that a long time ago. Oh, I mean, you know, I, I, I can't I can't deny you, you know. If you taught them, <laughs> you obviously did a good thing, you know, because they got, you know, several several guys out there playing just from the neighborhood, you know what I mean? Yeah. All yeah. of them right close together, you know, whether they was was move-ins or they've been here since they was um, yay big, you know. But still, yeah. you know, they all from the same neighborhood, and that's, that's a pretty good thing. So yeah. whatever yeah. it is you feed these people in DeSoto, uh, keep feeding them. You know, my son is growing up in DeSoto right now, so, you know, hopefully he'll get an opportunity to do some things, too. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And, of course, I'm just joking with Gary. Gary knows uh, we definitely <laughs> love him. We be pulling for him. And, uh, of course, I probably taught him a lot of stuff, but football probably wasn't the main thing that I taught him. Uh, but but he's going to be doing really well in uh, college football, and I, I wish him the best of luck on Friday. Now, we did talk to Cyrus Gray, and Cyrus is a running back for Texas A&M, the best running back that they have, a guy that LSU is going to be keying into to try to stop. And he comes from a long line of uh, the running backs out of DeSoto. We've had several players have very uh, huge success on the college level and also on the pro level as well. So I talked to Cyrus about his expectations and, and playing in front of the home crowd. Here with Cyrus Gray, the local hometown pride of DeSoto. Man, how's it feel to come back and play the Cotton Bowl, especially in Cowboys Stadium? It, it, it feels so good. I'm, I'm back at home. Uh, me, Vaughn, and Tony and Garrick, uh, you know, we, we've been here for a while, and I think we, we hopefully do well here uh, Here at the Cowboys Stadium. This will be our third time, and uh, we just want to do great this game. Yeah. Are you looking forward to playing against this SEC defense? I know you guys play a lot of big defenses in the Big 12, looking to get 100, 100 yards in this defense here. Right. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm glad to, you know, be here and also have a part of this team and uh, SEC, they always have a great defense. Uh, being able to run against those guys would be a great challenge, but uh, you know, you have to do it. You have to do it to win. You guys playing anything different, any trick plays, anything you're going to do differently to try to throw them off guard a little bit? Uh, no, we're going to stick to our same game plan and what we've been doing and let's just, uh, you know, up, upstage our tempo and just do great. Good. Now, you coming back for your senior season looking forward to being a leader or you got other plans? Uh, I continue. I'm going to continue to, you know, to, to grow on my legacy here at A&M, and I want to continue to do well, and this game here is going to start the mark. And it was uh, Cyrus Gray, local pride of DeSoto, coming from a long line of running backs from DeSoto and getting the chance to showcase his talents in front of the home crowd for the last game of the season in the Cotton Bowl. Uh, but at, before we go, we do have to play some comments from Vaughn. We're definitely proud of Vaughn. We mentioned this earlier in the uh, couple of shows back. He is the uh, Buckets Award winner, and they award that to the best linebacker in college football. So we're definitely proud of him for getting that. His coach said on media day that he felt like Vaughn has stepped it up. He's played as consistent uh, football as he's ever played since he's been there. And he also demonstrates to other guys how it's supposed to be done. 
It says he's a huge contributor, obviously. When offenses have to worry about where he's at on the field or how to contain him, then he's a huge uh, game changer for everyone. That linebacker position is so is such a big position to play. Reading the offense and also being that guy that cause all the trouble uh, on the field. And this is some of his comments about winning the Buckets Award and also uh, finishing out his season here at home at the uh, Cotton Bowl. This is Von Miller on the R Sports Radio Show. You know, it's it's kind of crazy that, you know, uh, we got a couple of more days and, you know, that we'll all be completing. And, you know, who knows, you know, we might all be playing again. But, uh, you know, the only the only days that, you know, we are guaranteed are these last ones together. So, uh, you know, we've just been trying to enjoy the time with each other and just take it day by day and, you know, get this last win. Now, we're here with Von Miller, R Sports Radio Show, another local guy straight out of DeSoto, Texas. Talk a little bit about, you know, how it feels to come home and play this bowl game in front of a home crowd, you know. I mean, I, I'm a DeSoto guy, and, uh, you know, growing up in this area, it's kind of hard not to be a, a diehard Cowboys fan. And, uh, you know, coming here and playing in a great stadium like this, playing in a, a prestigious bowl like this, and it gets a great, you know, team like LSU, I mean, you really can't even put it into words. I just want to take it day by day and, you know, and just see what we get and see what the score turns out at the end of the game. And, you know, hopefully we can get a win and bring it home to Aggieland. Right, we do want to congratulate you on getting the Buckets Award. We talked about that a lot on the show, man. Congratulations on that, definitely. I mean, talk about the feeling of winning that award, being the most prestigious linebacker in the in college sports right now. I mean, uh, honestly, I, I haven't really, you know, I, I pause to think about it, but I, you know, honestly, I just haven't, you know, stopped to look back at all that stuff yet. I, you know, I'm constantly looking for, you know, what can we do next as a team? And, you know, the next thing for us is, is to beat, you know, LSU. You know, it's going to be challenging for us, you know, but that's the next thing that we want to do is just, you know, get a win here at Cowboy Stadium and win the combo and just bring it home to Aggieland and hopefully start next season out, you know, pretty ranked and, you know, get all the, the buzz coming back to Aggieland again. And that's the ultimate goal for me is just, you know, the win games and just bring it back home. Now, we're expecting to have a big game. I know they're going to be running the ball a lot, trying to do different things. I mean, have you guys done anything differently scheme-wise? Have got a game plan for them, or are you going to just play regular Aggie football? I mean, uh, LSU's, LSU's a pretty good team. Uh, they're a very talented team. So, I mean, there's, there's, there's not much you can do, you know, to scheme against them and say, okay, you know, here we're going to beat them. You know, you just got to come ready to play football. And, uh, you know, it's all about shedding blocks and making tackles, you know, catching the ball and scoring touchdowns. And, you know, and whoever has the most points in the game will win, and that's what we want to do. Now, Rick, I know anybody wins an award as big as the Buckets Award, being the best college linebacker, you can expect that guy not to return to school next year. I think we're going to see him on Sundays pretty soon. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. I mean, how many Buckets Award winners or Heisman Trophy winners you know, how many do you actually expect to come back? You know, it's, it, right. it it does happen, you know, when you have, you know, guys that are, are limited to one aspect of that game, a la some quarterbacks that are just running quarterbacks and they can do it. You know, they'll come back and do this, that, and the other. But, you know, he's a guy that, that's a big-time game changer for his team. You know, linebacker is just as important as the, the, the quarterback of the offense, the linebacker is the quarterback of the defense. You know, and if he's the best one in the country, why would he come back? Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And and I talked to him about that off the uh, record about just that. And he gave me a little information. Of course, I can't say anything until after the game is over with. But we'll talk about that uh, after the game on Friday. And, and just to remind everyone, we're going to be coming on uh, Tuesday and Wednesday live 
from 10 to 11 p.m. And tomorrow we're going to get a chance to talk about some of the NFL stuff that went on. This was our bowl game special. And we're going to talk a lot about the Mavs. The Mavs are in big trouble. So, Rick, I know you're going to be on live with me big doing time. that. Because, of course, the Mavs, they got some, they got some explaining to do, as Ricky Ricardo used to say. Uh, they got yes, some they stuff do. they got to work out <laughs> big time. Yeah, hey, it was, it, was, it, was, it was one thing I wanted to, to mention. I'm, I'm not quite sure. sure you guys may have pointed it out. Sure. But uh, for that North, Northwestern team that we were talking about, that guy, Kane Coulter, you know, he yeah. is just a freshman. Yeah. That yeah. guy is a freshman, and I thought that was pretty pretty big, you know, and I think the listeners should know that, you know, because he's the guy that we were talking about out there, kind of a, you know, at this stage, kind of a Eric Metcalf type of player where he can just do just about everything on the field, which that player is a player by the name of Reggie Bush as well. You know, yeah. he's one of those type of guys. Now, I'm not saying that he's Reggie Bush. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying he's that type of player where he can do it, do, do it all. Freshman, look out for that yeah. guy. Yeah, look out for that and, guy. And, and I was saying a comment about Bond. I can think of five teams in the NFL right now that could use him as a linebacker. So uh, when he comes back at night, I, I can think of five teams right off the top of my head that could use him as a linebacker. He, he's going to turn out to be a great player. You know, uh, yeah. this kid, he can really hit. And uh, you uh, just uh, don't to commission. You don't have to worry about this guy doing him and him and this. Because he really knows how to tackle, <laughs> so he's really he's going to be something special. Yeah, good play. We want to good we want to thank everyone that we had on the program today. Our the solo guys, uh, Von Miller, Garrick Williams, Tony Gerard, Eddie, also uh, Cyrus Gray. Want to thank Coach Tommy Tuberville, Coach Pat Fitzgerald, uh, Taylor Potts, Colvin Bryant, Kelvin Beecham. Steve Anderson, Coach June Jones, and Coach Rich Ellison for coming on the show. It's been a great show. It's been a great bowl for us. we got one more bowl, bowl to go in the Cotton Bowl on Friday, so we'll talk about that next week. But tune in tomorrow for our regular time at 10 p.m., 10 to 11, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, five nights a week. And you can stay in contact with the show at rsportsradio.blogspot.com. And we'll talk to you guys tomorrow. See you then. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.